It's unnecessary roughness. I mean, it's the most important day of the year, right? This first day of pads, real football starts, you know, all the stuff that we X'd and owed out all year, uh, we're finally putting the metal to the floor and getting in there. So, yeah, for me, that's the most exciting part about training camp. And uh, once we cross that and go get back to the third down passes and all that stuff, but first day of pads is important. Uh, I think it's going to be a good day tomorrow. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, here's your boy Q. Q. And there you hear Raiders fullback Jakob Johnson right there talking about what a lot of people have been anticipating, which is the Raiders in pads. They have not been in pads through the first five practices, but according to Jakob Johnson and many other reports that are out there, the Raiders will be in pads tomorrow for practice day six of Raiders training camp 2023. They were actually in the indoor facility today, and it's funny, I was standing there talking to Paul Gutierrez, and I was like, man, they chose the, the probably the, the coolest day of the, the week to be indoors and then I realized as I went outside what the air quality looked like and how how it's so hazy and foggy in the air because of the wildfires that are going on uh, in Cali and of course the smoke has has bled over into Nevada and in the Las Vegas area and as I was driving uh, to the house to the to the home studio I was just looking at the at the air quality and thinking, man, it's it's really, really cloudy out there. So anyone out there uh, driving around right now, please be careful. Uh, again, again, it looks it looks ugly out in the air. Of course, we pray for everyone to make sure that there's no uh, nothing, no, no tragedies that happen due to the wildfires or anything. Little Q is on his way back to Cali. So I told him how how it's pretty uh, dusty out there right now. Be careful on that road. So he's handling it. But uh, he's going to go back and spend some time in Cali with his mama, then head back to Western Oregon. So uh, it's been a fun time him uh, being here. But uh, yeah, man, it's it's very ugly out there on the roads. So definitely uh, be careful out there, like I said, depending on where you are. But uh, as mentioned, my man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. Got the next three hours to rock with you, talk all things Raiders training camp, what we saw over the weekend, and, of course, today uh, at the facility. Also, you'll hear from some of the players and coaches that talked today, like Mick Lombardi talked today, Jakob Johnson talked. Robert Spillane, I thought, was an interesting uh, media session that he had on Saturday at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. A lot of good stuff that we'll get to coming up on today's show, and, of course, the guests that we have coming up on the show as well. On two, at 2.30, we'll have our normal Monday guest, Ed Grady from the RJ and, of course, our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, just to talk about what he's seen through five practices. And, you know, I, I said on Friday that I was kind of shocked and surprised uh, how quickly everyone has adapted and welcomed in Jimmy G. And I actually had someone tweet at me a little while ago and say, are you really surprised? Have you heard players like dog a quarterback after a couple of practices? And I was thinking to myself, not really. But at the same time, when you have so much of a, a norm – for so long, right? You have the same constant person for so long, and I realize their player in that locker room uh, did not play with Derek Carr, but when you make a change like that, that's a pretty big deal. So just to see a couple days into into training camp that these guys are all gelling really well with QB1, I think that that's a good thing. So maybe it's not a big surprise. I, I said it on Friday's show. Maybe it's just me. You know, I remember when we had Cassie Soto on. She was like, yeah, I'm not surprised that, that they all get along with Jimmy. And I said, well, it could be just me, and that's okay. <laughs> right? I mean, we all we all could feel our, our own kind of way, but I just didn't know uh, how quickly he was going to be able to, you know, to to get in the same, I guess, conversation and the same mix with everybody and really blend in with them and just be one of the guys, as Andre James has, has called him and A.J. Cole has called him. So uh, I think it's I think it's a good start for QB1 as far as just getting along with the personalities in the locker room and being that leader that the, the guys need. And, you know, of course, what Josh McDaniels needs as well. Now, now it's all about uh, executing and coming together and making sure that 
you know, that, that they're able to, to operate this offense at a really high level. And today, I'll, I'll admit, today wasn't the best day for Jimmy throwing. It wasn't. I saw the first interception, my first interception that I actually saw. Uh, Isaiah Palomoa is the one who came up with the pick, and it was just a bad decision. It was one of those why Jimmys, right? And that's what anyone that we've talked to that covered the San Francisco 49ers as, as the Raiders made this transition to from Derek Carr to Jimmy G said that, yeah, he does really good, and then there's going to be one throw he makes every game that's a, called a why Jimmy. And so when he threw that pick to Isaiah Palomoa, I looked at Vinny and I said, why Jimmy? Right? It was one of those. It was a bad decision. He probably would have been sacked, first of all, to be 100% honest with you. He probably would have been sacked because it took him a little while to, to even throw the rock. And then when he did, it was one of those where it just you could see it go behind Hunter Renfro and right into the hands of Isaiah Palomoa. So, again, it was not a, it was not a good decision. Uh, and obviously it was a bad result if you're Jimmy Garoppolo. So that just – it wasn't the greatest day throwing, that's for sure. Uh, but, again, that's what training camp is for, and the pads will come on tomorrow so you start to learn a lot more about the team once the pads come on. And really I'm excited about when the joint practices happen, when it's the Raiders and the Niners and the Raiders and the Rams, and we're still trying to figure out how we're going to get that covered. Not the week that the, the 49ers are here because that's going to be easy. It'll be at the Intermount Healthcare Performance Center. But the, the time when they scrimmage against the Rams, uh, the joint practices that they have in L.A., going to have to figure out how we're going to get that covered. I know Vinny Bonsignor will be there for sure. I'm trying to figure out the plan for myself to see if I'm going to be there because there's a game that will be played on Saturday. That will be the second preseason game, and I'll be doing the pre- and post-game show from Raiders' facility. So i uh, got to figure out kind of how we're going to work that all into the mix, but there's one thing I can promise you. We'll figure out how to get it worked all into the mix. So Egg Rainey will join us at 2.30. 3 o'clock, Mark McMillan, former NFL defensive back. He'll join the show just to talk about exactly that, the Raiders and their defensive backs. Uh, he's a guy that I like to talk to while we're on the sidelines there at practice uh, because I like to pick his brain on what he's looking at. As a guy who played in the league and was very successful in the NFL for a long time from the defensive back position, I like to kind of get in his head and see what he's seen, and especially from the defensive side of things. And, of course, defensive back is something that's near and dear to his heart. So uh, I like to stand next to him and, okay, what are you seeing from the young man? What are you seeing from Corian Bennett? What are you seeing from, you know, Trayvon Merrick in the back end? What are you seeing from Brandon Faison? What are you seeing from this guy or that guy? And, uh, you know, just kind of, uh, like I said, pick his brain and uh, talk about going and creating turnovers. And that's something that has been really emphasized. I can give the Raiders a lot of credit for that. That is something that has been talked about quite a bit, not just from me. I know I've worn that subject out, right? I've talked about turnovers and creating turnovers until I'm blue in the face. But the fact that the Raiders as coaches and players, if they've all been talking about it, Robert Spillane, who I know that you heard some of that conversation from Robert Spillane uh, on, on the JT The Brick Show that Doug Marsh, my guy Doug, was filling in uh, today doing a fine job. Uh, he played Robert Spillane, and that's all he was talking about. Ball, 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 ball. Go get the ball. Find a way to get the ball. He had me fired up on Saturday. <laughs> right after he finished talking on Saturday, Vinny looked at me in the, in the press room and said, sounds like a guy that's uh, right after your heart. And I was like, yeah, there's no doubt. Like, he had me fired up. Now, the one thing about it is, went back and looked at Robert Spillane's numbers and how many turnovers he's created in, in his career, zero. So, I mean, there's that. I mean, look, at least he knows exactly what he's supposed to do. Now he's got to go out there and execute it. But I'll tell you, it's obviously been a point of emphasis for this coaching staff and these players is to go and find the ball. What they've been doing the last couple of years has not got it done. So they've got to be able to take it and take it to a higher level. So Mark McMillan, former NFL defensive back, will join us at 3 o'clock. Then at 3.30. 
because we always like to support the youth around here. Uh, Eric Dahlberg, Summerlin South Juniors baseball all-star team head coach, is actually going to call into the show. And uh, the, the backstory on this, because I'm sure you're wondering, like, how does a Little League all-star baseball coach calling into the show? Well, Will Kiss, who's over there at, a, at the Raiders facility, is the head of PR. He does a great job. Uh, his son is actually playing on that team, and they're about to, to travel. They're about to take off and go travel and uh, take on the world, I'd like to say, as far as the all-stars go. And I remember when I was an all-star in baseball, how much fun it was. Well, they're about to take off and do that, so he's going to tell us what they got going on. And, of course, I mean, if, if Will's son is playing, we definitely want to make sure that we support him and the team. So we'll talk to Eric Dahlberg, Summerlin South Juniors baseball all-star team uh, manager. He'll join us at 3.30. He'll call the show. Then at 4 or 4.15, uh, Coach Keith Jones from Bonanza High School, uh, he'll be, you'll hear the conversation I had with him on Saturday. Him and other high school uh, t- coaches and, and teams were out there at the facility on Saturday. It was actually the most uh, attended highly attended uh, practice that the Raiders have had so far during training camp. And, again, many high school uh, football players were out there and coaches, including Coach Keith Jones. He was out there. So I got a few minutes. It was kind of cool, Ari. I just walked up into the stands, and I sat next to him, and we just had a conversation. We just sat down and had a conversation of what it was like for Bonanza High School to be out there uh, watching the Raiders practice, what it meant to his team to be able to see the Raiders practice, what kind of lessons as a coach he could take away from the Raiders and, and what they were able to do and you know what it means to have a, a professional football team supporting high school football like they always do. And anyone who's listened to the show for any amount of time knows I'm a big high school football guy. Uh, we do the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award each and every uh, season during the regular season, and, and today for Bonanza, something uh, that Coach Jones told me on Saturday, they actually handed out pads today. So they're getting after it today. Tomorrow the Raiders are putting on pads, so it kind of all lines up together. But a uh, big f- supporter of high school football. The Raiders are big supporters of high school football. Inside Allegiant Stadium, they have a big wall that has every high school football helmet in the state of Nevada on it, which is pretty pretty awesome. I was there to help open that thing up, as a matter of fact. It was such an honor to be able to be there and uh, be the guy that, that kind of presented – presented the wall and, and presented it all. And I thought that that was uh, really cool. So Coach, Coach Keith Jones, I had a chance to catch up with him and talk to him on Saturday at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. So you hear that conversation around 4 o'clock, maybe around 4.15, uh, give or take a, a call or two. So we'll, we'll get into all that. So uh, those are the guests that we have lined up. We also have um, Reason or Excuse coming up at 4.30 where Ari will take over and he'll give us a couple subjects and uh, we'll decide if they're Reason or Excuse. And, of course, throughout the course of the show, Raider Nation, we'd like to hear from you as well. 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text sign is 69187, keyword R&R. We also have the Lotus Summer Fun is going on. It's continuing on. And, hey, just a, just a heads up, we had another winner uh, last week's winner was uh, not from Raider Nation Radio 920, but our sister station, Comp, which is actually the, the station that is the FM station that airs the Raider games. So I guess in – I guess kind of in a kind of sort of out way, <laughs> right? We kind of helped with that winner. I mean, look, it's, it's the Lotus Summer of Fun is, is company-wide. So it could be – the winner could come from anywhere, right? Seattle, Boise, Vegas, Fresno. I mean, wherever the case may be, wherever a Lotus Broadcasting Station is at – that's where the winner could come from. So far, we've had one winner from Raider Nation Radio 920. We've had another one from Comp. But like I said, Comp airs the, the Raider games on the FM side of things. So I'm just going to go ahead and take that as a win. I'm just going to say that that has something to do with us too, Ari. I mean, why not, right? Yeah. yeah my mic was not on. Yeah, Sorry. there you go. That I would mean, be win number two. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead and turn your mic on so we can After hear you. After that quick L there. I there just you took. go. There yes, you go. win number two because we only got winners around here. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm behind the mic. <laughs> so, right, exactly. So this week what we're going to do is we're going to get you uh, registered for four tickets to the Aviators game like we always do, but it gets you one step closer to check this out. A week in New Mexico 
with a hot air balloon trip in Albuquerque, then three days in Santa Fe, plus $1,700 spending cash. Really? That's pretty stinking cool. That's pretty cool. How cool? Have you ever been in a hot air balloon, Ari? I was going to ask you the same. Um, I feel like I did when I was like real young. Like, How would you so, not know if you were in a hot air balloon? Man, it's, not, was, it's not a random thing that just everyone super does. Super young, though. I'm, I'm trying to, like, maybe when I was like five or six. I don't remember. I, I feel like, Well, then yes. you better do it again. <laughs> if you can't remember, it sounds like you better do a it again. A lot has changed, though, and I don't know. For me, and I don't know if I could handle that. Like, if Oh, I'm hey, honest. look, brother. I'm not, I'm not judging heights. you. I'm not judging a, you, brother. Look, when I was young, my dad took me bungee jumping, and I thought that that was cool. Now that wow. I'm not young, I'm like, what in the hell was I thinking? I watched a friend bungee jump like from the bottom, and yeah. it was the scariest thing I've ever seen. Like them, like well, guess just what? Heading towards I bungee me. jumped from the top, and it was the scariest thing I've I'm done. Sure, I could. <laughs> you know what? You, you you guys were telling me about this plane you took, like a small plane, the other day where it only seats oh, four yeah. people. That that freaked me out just hearing the story. So no, when I was in Central Texas, idea. no, I was in Central Texas. My buddy Phil, he built his own plane. And he was a Houston Texans season ticket holder. So it was uh, probably like two years maybe at the most before I, I left Central Texas. He said, hey, Q, when the Raiders come and play the, uh, the, the Texans, I want to fly you and your wife to, to the game. And I thought, okay, how are you going to fly? This is all in our plane, in my plane. And it was a very small plane that he put together. And I was like, well, all right, why not? Matter of fact, that was the game. That was the game when Trayvon Mullen – took over as a starter at, at corner, and the Raiders had just traded Garyon Conley the week before to the Houston Texans. That was when Hunter Renfro scored his first touchdown, as a matter of fact, for the uh, Raiders. He, he, matter of fact, he caught this uh, pass and made a little curl to the outside and was gone. And it was crazy because it's like Hunter Renfro doesn't look like the fastest dude, but once he took off and they saw the back of his jersey, he was gone. So, anyway, that was that game. So, right to get to that game, I literally flew in a very small plane where it's Phil – and me in the front, and the wife was sitting in the back. And there was a point in this plane ride where Phil was like, all right, Q, I'm going to let you fly. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know how to fly, dude. Like, I'm not that guy. And he's like, no, just hold, just hold the wheel steady. You'll be fine. And I did. I did it. And it was awesome. And I remember seeing Vic Tafer and Paul Gutierrez in the, uh, in, in the locker room following the game and everything. And the Raiders lost that game, by the way. Uh, Vic was like, did I see right that you flew in a plane here from, uh, from Central Texas? I was like, yep, you sure did. He's like, man, you weren't scared? I was like, I think I was supposed to be, but I wasn't. Like, I don't think I realized I was supposed to be scared until we flew back to Central <laughs> Texas and we got off the plane and people were like, I can't believe you did that. And then was, when enough people told me that I, they couldn't believe I did that, I realized that, oh, maybe that was a big deal. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, there's parameters and stuff. I'm sure it was a safe thing. I just, it feels like it, would, like it wouldn't feel comfortable. Well, um, now the more that I think about it, realize that he actually built it himself. <laughs> That's a little scary, right? Like, ah. <laughs> I guess right. it depends on the person, right? Right, and so Phil's a great dude, but I just realized, I was like, yeah, you know, I, I probably should have been a little bit more concerned than I was. But we had a great time, and it was a great view, and we got from Central Texas to Houston in about an hour as opposed to three, yeah, so that was cool. cool. And we flew back, and we were straight, and it was a good story, and hell, I'm telling the story now, so it's good. Yeah, but but long story short, for me, yeah, just the, the closeness to the elements, just being right there. Yeah. And, I mean, it sounds beautiful, but also scary for me. I'm not big on heights these days either, so... I don't know. Yeah, so well, there's my answer to that. There you go. There's a there's a there's a story for another day. But with that being said, the Lotus Summer Fun is exciting. It's fun. Uh, you can go ahead and do it again. A week in New Mexico with a hot air balloon trip in Albuquerque. I think I'd like to do that. Uh, then three days in Santa Fe plus seventeen hundred dollars spending money, or you could take the cash, which is three thousand dollars straight up. You pick it. Take the trip. Take the cash. So we're gonna get you registered for that throughout the course of the show today. And I want to make sure we get winners. 
I, I, I just need winners. That's, that's all we want. If you're going to be a winner, then call in to be a winner. If, you, if you're not going to win the whole thing, then you don't want to call in. <laughs> just saying, I want winners on the show. So Ed Graney, Mark McMillan, Eric Dahlberg, and Coach Keith, Coach Keith Jones, you'll hear from throughout the course of the show, and, of course, you as well, 702-365-9200, and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. So I just, I've been concentrating a lot on the defensive side of things because while I think it's so important, you know, one good sign I think defensively today was that Nate Hobbs returned to practice. He had a red non-contact jersey on, so he really didn't do too much, but just to know that he was out there at the end of practice before we walked into the media room, he did uh, receive some punts, so he was back there receiving punts, which is kind of funny because the way that he hurt himself was, well, trying to catch a, a fly ball and he took a softball off the eye, so it was, it was kind of funny when, uh, when he went back to receive punts, but he was able to do that, so I think that that was good, a good sign, so hopefully by the time pads come on tomorrow, Nate will be out there and be able to really be a full go but uh, I, I feel like he's missed uh, quite a bit of time for four days of practice he missed for sure and then I didn't see him doing too much activity today I saw a lot of Nate Hobbs on one knee so that's you know I basically say four and a half to four and three quarters of practice he really has missed so far uh, so hopefully he's out there sooner rather than later but I thought that was positive at least he returned to the practice facility. So today I want to think about the offense and as I mentioned Jimmy G did not have a good day throwing the ball uh, he was good he was good short Intermediate was a little rough, and then of course the long ball uh, was just not was not there, and and that's you could see uh, passes that were overthrown, underthrown. Just it didn't look great, right? So I want to just ask a simple question: What do you think this Raider offense looks like with Jimmy G under center? Like, how do you feel like he's going to execute this offense? Uh, I was asked that question when I was doing the NFL two-a-days on ESPN last week. I brought that conversation to the show, and I really honestly believe that they're going to be great as long as just the quick hitters, right? Uh, Jimmy, get the ball, pat, pat, throw. Jimmy, get the ball, pat, pat, throw. Like, I, I just – I don't expect – and there could be some surprises, but I don't expect too much deep shots. I really don't. And that's not a big – I don't think that's a big deal as long as that's how you're dedicated to, to making this offense go, right? If you're dedicated to you're going to have a strong dose of the run game and you're going to have the short intermediate passes and every once in a while you might surprise somebody and take a deep shot, as long as that's what your plan is, fine. But if you plan on going out there and trying to take deep shots, I don't think it's going to work. I really don't. I don't see Jimmy G as a guy who's going to consistently get the ball down the field. Uh, you know, and again, it's not a knock on him. That's just what he, that's what he does. So I just think that the ball is going to get out really quickly. I think you're going to see a heavy dose of the run game with multiple backs. I think you're going to see a lot of Josh Jacobs. You're going to see a lot of Zamir White, right? Zamir White is coming into his second year. Josh McDaniels traditionally doesn't use his rookie running backs a whole lot. If you go back and look at the history of the rookie running backs he's had, he hasn't used them very much. And I think that now he's got an opportunity. Coach McDaniels actually talked about Zamir White over the weekend when we met with him on Saturday and said that he's working on a lot of things and, and uh, you know, that, that he's a lot better than he was last year because coming out of college, there's, you know, they just run the ball, right? At Georgia, they're so sticking good. His job is make sure he gets the ball and runs. And it hits the hole and goes. Now it's, you know, blitz pickup. It's, you know, it, it, it's pass call outs on certain hot routes. And there's a lot of things that he has to recognize uh, besides just being able to secure the ball and run. So I think that Zamir White has had an opportunity to do that. Uh, from everything I've heard, they're, they're really pleased with where he's at right now. So I think no matter when Josh Jacobs returns to the team, it's going to be a heavy dose of Josh Jacobs, heavy dose of Zamir White, a lot of the very short intermediate routes, you know, the quick hitters. 
Uh, there's been a few plays that I've seen in, in practice where I'll look over at Vinny or Mark or Paul, whoever's next to me, and say, that's a sack. That's a sack. Obviously, they're not hitting the quarterback right now. Right now. They can't. They're not going to hit their own guy. But there's certain times where you could tell if you got to hold the ball for a few seconds, that's a sack. Right? So I've been comfortable saying that and, and recognizing when those moments are. But I think the, the best plan of attack for this offense, which I do think could be really good, it's got to be on time, right? But I think it, it, it could be really good. It's just going to be a ton of the – you're just going to get peppered with the short game and intermediate game. But I do want to hear from you. I want to hear what you think the, the Raiders' offense is going to look like. You know, do you, who do you think really steps up? I think you're going to see a lot of Hunter Renfro underneath, right? I think he's going to do a lot of the, the drive extending. You know, he's going to get those little five-yard outs and then get down. You know, and then or, or pick up some yardage after the after the catch. But really, he's going to be a guy that I think gets a, a lot of balls underneath. You know, just kind of simple little routes, just to get open, make himself available. Uh, Jacoby Myers, I think, is going to do the same thing. And Devontae, you know, if you think about it, throughout the course of his career, outside of last year, throughout the course of his career, it's really been about the yard after the catch. Normally, Devontae has been a guy that runs just the short, quick hitters, and then boom, gets the ball in his hands. Last year, when the Raiders were sending him deep and, and him and Carr were connecting. That was, that was kind of unusual for, for Devontae Adams. He hasn't thrived like that his whole career. I mean, Aaron Rodgers just got the ball out of his hands quick. A lot of times it was just, you know, as soon as he uh, hiked the ball, he, he gets from underneath center and then smokes it to him. And then Devontae would go for some yards. That was the kind of the, the, the communication that they had where they didn't have to say nothing, he didn't have to signal to him. Devontae knew what was up and Aaron knew what was up. They were on the same page. So just want to get your thoughts on what you think the offense looks like under Jimmy G. You know, and then I guess the other question on that is, is how quickly do you think he can get up to speed with these guys? Some of the some of the bad the bad passes that we saw today also had to do with just not being on the same page with your guys. Whether it was Devontae Adams, DeAndre Carter, uh, Jacoby Myers, whoever the case is, it's just I mean, look, this is only practice number four out of five. I mean, he didn't practice on Friday. That was practice number three, so he's only had four days under center. I mean, Andre James has only had four days to snap the ball to him. <laughs> right? Something that we learned on Friday that he only snapped the ball to him twice. So I think it's going to take a little bit of time. I would hope that they get it done sooner rather than later. Hope they can get on the same page if they need to do a little bit extra uh, work off to the side, you know, not with coaching and all that, but just some extra work, just getting on the same page. I think they need to do that, right? Because that, that chemistry is going to be a big deal. Being on the same page and having that chemistry is going to be a massive deal if they're going to go into the season against Denver on the road against Buffalo. You know, back to back home against Pittsburgh, then on the road again to L.A. Like, to start the season off, they're going to have to start off pretty quickly, and they're going to have to be on the same page. They're not going to be able to feel each other out. You know, and uh, I guess something that's been discussed on the sidelines while we're at practice is, is Jimmy G going to participate in preseason? I personally think he's not, right? I think that they're going to make sure that he gets to, gets to the start of the season. You know, so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Maybe he gets enough work in during these joint practices. But we saw last year that the guys didn't get any burn in preseason. I think it hurt him a little bit. I'd like to see him get some burn, but I know why they, I know why they, uh, why they wouldn't, right? I understand why they wouldn't. So it's kind of one of those, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. If you go out there and, and practice and you get hurt, or you go out there in preseason and let a guy play and he gets hurt, then you're a fool for having him out there. But then if you let him go all, all uh, preseason without getting any burn, and then you wonder why they struggle out of the gates, then it's on you too. So, again, it's like one of those, like I said, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. But really want to focus in on Jimmy G and the offense and what do you think it looks like uh, with him under center, having a knowledge of Josh McDaniel's offense, knowing that he's not the best deep thrower. You know, what, what, what are your expectations? And what would you like to see? 
Let us know about it. 702-365-9200. Also, the don'tbebroke.com text sign is 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, got a text here from Jordan in Utah County. He said, I'm an aircraft mechanic, and a lot has to go wrong for a plane to go down. The little planes are a lot more bumpy and turbulence, so I think that's why they seem scary. There you go. There you go, Ari. Jordan in Utah County has let us know that, hey, man, a lot has to go wrong for the plane to go down. And, you know, the funny thing about it is, I never once when I was in that plane thought about the plane going down. Like, I never once thought about it at all. Like, I never said, well, you know, this could happen. I just realized afterwards when everyone said, man, I can't believe you're in that little small plane. And, oh, man, you're, you're braver than I was. Then all of a sudden I realized, like, man, maybe I should have been a little scared about that. Yeah. I, I, for the wrong reasons, that's, I, I agree. Obviously, this guy knows what he's talking about, Jordan. Thank you for that. But, yeah, it does seem kind of. You're like, yeah, I'm still not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not like that, that makes a lot of. I believe you, but it still wouldn't make, <laughs> make me feel any better. You could. Tell, I believe actually, you. <laughs> no, literally, there's like factual information that states that air air travel is one of the safest ways, or if right. not the safest way. Like you can tell me that all you want, but there's turbulence. I'm not not loving it. Well, I mean, you know, it kind of, it's funny to me, and this flyer. is a totally different subject. But it's funny when people always say, and I I know I do it all the time too. Like, have a safe flight. Like, no kidding. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, no kidding. If you want. you know. Right, right. Have, but, like, like you have any control over it. True. Right? Hey, have a safe flight. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out there and get reckless. You know? <laughs> I mean, you ain't got no control. I'm ready. I'm, I'm good. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Right. It's no. so funny. Jordan, thanks for that text, man. Definitely appreciate you. East Bay Raider Gray said on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R, I'm afraid the offense is going to regress under Jimmy G. He has problem with his follow-through on his throws, and it makes him inaccurate. It'll be an average offense at best. On the positive side, I think the defense will get better and make some decent strides this season. That's East Bay Raider Gray. And, you know, I think that as long as they stick to the short and intermediate, I think it'll be fine. I think the inaccuracy comes when they're, they're deeper shots. Even the interception that he had today, that was further down the, down the field. It wasn't like it was a short one. You know, it's when he has a chance to, and I know nobody can see me, but when he has opportunity to snap the ball and then, boom, go back a couple steps and fire that thing out, that's when he's, like, on point. It's when he has to survey, 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 and then let something out. I feel like the longer he's got the ball in his hands, the, 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 the worse it gets, right? Then there's a chance for one of those wide jimmies, right? And, again, I think it only happens once or twice a game. It's not one of those where it's, like, every other, like you have to worry about every single pass. You just don't want it to happen at the worst time, right? And you don't want the worst-case scenario result either. But there's always, a, there's always a wide jimmy, at least one. At least that's what everybody that, that covered the 49ers has said that's been part of the show. Jim from Yonkers said, hope you had a nice weekend. The better the running game, the better the deep shots. We have too much speed not to have a deep game. Defenses could take away the short game. It needs to be worked on. Glad Jimmy G was there uh, day one to get timing down. Thanks for a great show. That's from Jim from Yonkers. Yeah, I don't think they're going to abandon it, but I honestly don't think they're going to die on that hill either. Right? I think that it's going to be one of those things. You might run Philip Dorsett or Trey Tucker, one of those guys. You might run them down the field to keep the defense off it, uh, honest. Because, look, if the, if the defense tries to crowd, crowd the line of scrimmage and take all the short stuff away and basically say, oh, that, that, that deep stuff, they're not going to really throw it, they'll throw it. There's no doubt. They'll throw it. If, if you don't, if you don't like, pay attention, especially a guy like, like Tucker and Dorsett, who, has, like I said, has, have plenty of speed to get down the field, that's why they're on the team, is to, is to make sure that they run, run folks off and, and they have to account for that speed. You can't, you can't not account for it. But at the same time, I don't think it's something that you're going to see consistently. I just don't, right? And I, I just think that this is a rhythm offense. This is one that's got to stay on schedule, right? They want to pick up a few yards here, pick up a few yards there. I think it's going to be a lot of dink and dunk, and that might frustrate, that might frustrate uh, fans for a while. But, I mean, it's, it's kind of, you know, the, what I think the design will be, 
right? When we saw Jimmy G in San Francisco, we saw so many different, uh, you know, run run formations, and, and they get the ball to their playmakers uh, by running it, whether it be Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, any of those guys, right? They find a way to get them to rock. And then, okay, the quarterback throws the ball as well. I think that's why it made Brock Purdy's job that much easier just because he was able to slide on in there and have a strong defense and also have, uh, you know, have, have the, the short passing game that, can, that can, you know, he can thrive in. So I think that that's what, that's what we're going to see uh, a lot of when it, comes to, when it comes to the Raiders' offense is a lot of the short and intermediate stuff. Uh, of course, a heavy dose of the run game. You'll see some deep shots. They're working on some deep shots. I just don't think that they're going to be very consistent, at least taking shots very consistently. Uh, let's take one quick call, and then we'll get to Ed Graney, 702-365-9200. Uh, Raider X, you're up. What's on your mind? Welcome to Unnecessary Roughness. Hey, hey. Yeah, man, I wouldn't have got into that little tin can. There ain't no path, man. And, and, there's, and there's certain no brakes when you're in the air. So, oh, oh, we're going to get an accident before we hit the brakes. No, it ain't happening. Right. <laughs> hey, so, you know, talking about the Raiders' offense, um, you know, obviously, you know, that's, what's, that was, that's what makes it so dependent upon having, you know, Josh Jacobs or, or Zamir, uh, Zamir White going in there, of really having that ability to pound that rock. Yeah. To lure in the defense to have them crowd mm-hmm. that box, right? Because then you can get then you can get behind them. Because you know if you don't have that good of a strong ball, of a long ball, you're going to get them floating. You're going to get that high arch, and you know the accuracy is going to be a little bit down. So you don't want to be contested. You want to actually have that them to break o- you know break under it and be able to you know get it. And you know so that's really you know dependent upon you know those speed like you're saying having those speed those speedsters out there you know stretching that field to be able to just huck it out there. Mm-hmm. And then have them catch up and go get it. And then also, you know, really depending upon, you know, again, going back to what I talked about last week is, you know, those runners, you know, Trey Tucker and, and also, you know, Hunter. And then, you know, Jacoby and, you know, uh, uh, Devontae, uh, those, are, those are elite runners. I mean, I mean, route runners that are very, very precise. And that's, you know, exactly what you talked about, Aaron Rodgers. Just getting that ball out quick. You know, those two seconds, you know, not get into those three, three and a half where, right. you know, we, we even used to talk about, you know, D.C., how fast he's to get rid of it. And now you're even talking even faster. Yeah. These guys are, are just going just, I mean, wow, that is extremely fast. And that's what, you know, McDaniels really kind of dictates his, his offense around being scripted. So you're not really looking and playing and trying to. That's why I, 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 I'm still waiting to see how, you know, I'm really interested to see how, Hunter Renfro fits into this whole offense because it's it's can he can he evolve into a, a scripted run you know route runner because he does have the moves he's got the hips and the shake but yep. can he be disciplined to run a script because it, it seems like everything is exact spots and and that's why Jimmy G's able to go through it you know so fast and go through the progression so again end of the story is you know really fast out be able to lure everybody in with a hard running game gotta have those hard runners. And then be able to get take those long shots over the top, you know, without without any type of you know being contested. There you go, good stuff, man. Raider X, thanks so much for that call. That was great detail. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, that's that's what it's all about. And I, I think that the run game is going to be so important. I mentioned this a few weeks ago that I really believe Josh Jacobs is needed, not wanted, but needed in a major way. I think a two-headed monster between Jacobs and Zamir White would do a lot of great things for this Raiders offense. But what are your thoughts on the Raiders offense? 69187, keyword R&R. What do you think it looks like under Jimmy G? How do you feel he executes it? You know, just just overall thoughts on what you think this offense is going to look like. Let us know about it. We'll ask Ed Graney. He joins us next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. 
That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. It made me feel bad that someone who's accomplished a lot in the league is that insecure that they have to take another man down to set themselves up for some sort of easy fall if it doesn't go well for that team this year. thought it was way out of line and appropriate, and I think he needs to keep uh, my coach's names out of his mouth. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Tell you what, man, there's not a lot of times where I say, well done, Aaron Rodgers. But I liked what Aaron Rodgers had to say. I really do. I think that him sending that message to Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos was uh, spot on and exactly what he should do. And it's funny, man. It's very rarely that I say uh, I like a lot of things that Aaron Rodgers has done. But I don't know. Maybe being in New York, he's a different cat, man. All of a sudden, he changed his contract, man. $35 million he gave his back, basically, and reconstructed his contract. Then he's cutting for his coaches. What's really going on? Uh, in Gotham City now with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, who knows, but I thought that was pretty cool that he had his coaches back like that. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920, and I threw the question out there. What do you think this Raiders offense will look like under Jimmy G, how he executes it, kind of how it's ran? Joining us now on the phone lines from our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, and, of course, the Review Journal is Ed Graney. And, Ed, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I'll start off with that exact question to you. How do you think this offense looks this year under Jimmy G? I wish I knew who the running back was going to be uh, to say to say fully and in, in tune with what I think it's going to be. But I think if everyone's healthy, if Jimmy G's healthy, I write tomorrow in tomorrow's paper about the offensive line. They've got to hold up. We know Jimmy G's uh, injury problems, but if they hold up in front of him and he remains healthy, I think it could be a really top-tiered offense cue, especially if Jacobs comes back. It's funny, you know, Jimmy, um, I had stats in the paper tomorrow uh, – in the last four years, he's gotten hurt in the uh, every other year, and this is one of those years he was hurt last year. So maybe this this is the year where he's healthy and he starts all the games um, and plays the whole season. Uh, he's kind of gone one year after the other where he's been hurt and where he's not been hurt. So maybe the Raiders get fortunate this year, and this is the year he can play every game. Um, I'm not banking on that. That's a lot to ask of a guy who's you know who's been hurt a lot, but. Um, I think if he's healthy and uh, the receivers are what we think they are and, and Jacobs would come back, um, I think it could be a top-tier offense. You know, it's only been a handful of practices so far, Ed, but from what I've seen from the deep shot, it doesn't really look like they're going to be hitting that consistently. So I keep saying a lot of quick hitters, you know, a lot of short and intermediate routes. I just think that that's what we should expect to see from Jimmy G in this offense. Yeah, and I think that's okay with a guy like Devontae because he can do so much after the catch. Um, mm-hmm. And they've got speed, you know, They've got they they've they've got more speed than they did last year. Uh, guys like DeAndre Tucker, Trey, uh, Trey Tucker. I know. Uh, excuse me, DeAndre Carter and Trey Tucker. Um, they've got more speed. So maybe if you give those guys underneath routes and they, you let them do things after the catch. You know, Hunter's obviously a possession guy, but he can do things. Um, you know, I think that that's okay, and that's how they're going to run things. I think you're exactly right. That's, they're going to run things with Jimmy G that way. And then here's the thing. I know you were there yesterday. Today I was late after the show um, getting there, and you probably saw the deep ball that everyone's telling me about to, to Devontae. Um, you know, if if Jimmy G can improve that enough, you really can take one or two shots a game with Devontae Adams and maybe hit a home run. You know, right. he's got to make the throw, but if you do kind of go intermediate and short, intermediate and short, and kind of suck guys in, then you know what? You take your one or two shots, and if you hit one, that's probably enough in a game. 
Right. Know, if you hit one to Devontae Adams on a, on, a, on, a, on a ball like I heard he hit today. So I think you're right. I don't think there'll be a ton of deep balls. I don't think that's his game. But you got to be able to hit one once in a while, right? I mean, you can't. You got to keep him honest at some point. Um, and you know, by doing that, by hitting one here or there, you can keep him a little more honest. And then that opens up everything underneath. Right, exactly. And you know, the the funny thing is, is that he did hit that shot to Devontae Adams. I think that there may be a shot or two taken to a Trey Tucker or to a uh, you know to a. Uh, uh, which we call uh, what's his name? The other the other speedster. <laughs> now I forgot his name. Now anyway, you know what I'm talking DeAndre about. DeAndre Carter. No, well yeah, DeAndre Carter, but the the other one that uh, has a lot of speed. Who's the longtime veteran? Gee, how did I forget his name? Oh, Philip Dorsett. Philip Dorsett. Yeah. Oh, Dorsett. Okay, Jacoby yeah. Dorsett. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that those those are probably the the three guys that they may take shots at. Uh, you know, because they have so much speed and, and that it'll help keep the de- you know the defense honest yeah. by having to cover up those deep guys. Yeah, you're exactly right, and you have to like. I don't think you can get away with not having a deep ball every once in a while. I mean, right. you gotta, you have to, you have to hit some in this league. Um, whether you need it to score, whether you need to, you know, big chunk plays once in a while, um, you know. And again, I think you got guys who can make things after the catch and make action after the catch and gain yards. But you have to have that threat at some point. You can't go through an entire season without that being one of your threats. So you know, hopefully for them. You know, he's, you know, I don't want to say he's an awful deep ball thrower. I just don't think that's his game. Right. You know, I mean, some do it, some don't. But, I mean, he's an NFL quarterback who's, you know, when he's healthy, 69% completion rate, I think. Um, you know, he's throwing for a, you know, two-to-one touchdown to interception rate. Um, you know, when he's healthy, he's shown he can do some things. Um, the problem's been, you know, he's been hurt. Right. So, if they keep him upright and they keep him healthy and that offensive line does its job, There'll be times when they can take a deep shot, and, you know, with the receivers they have, I think they'll give themselves a chance. He's just going to have to make the throw. Again, Ed Graney is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So uh, all reports are, Jakob Johnson was talking that the pads are going to come on tomorrow. A lot of people have been saying that the pads come on tomorrow. What do you think we may learn about the offensive line in particular once the pads are on? Because it's really hard to evaluate when there are no pads. It's, it's almost impossible without pads. Um we're going to see what the returning line does and, how, and, who's, put, and who's really pushing those guys. Um, I know they're mixing and matching a lot in camp. I know you've seen that yep. to where they're getting guys in different spots. Uh, so I think, you know, th- that's where you really want to see pads come on, both lines. You want to see how both lines hold up against each other. It's nice that everyone else has pads on, but, you know, I mean, uh, you know, the corners and the wide receivers and the quarterbacks, they've been able to do some things without pads that you can kind of see skill. Um, you can see who can run, who can't. But the linemen, they got to get pads on. So I'm looking forward to it. I know you'll be out there uh, yep. watching everything. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing the offensive line. I, you know, you don't say that very often, but you know, as I write for tomorrow, we both know we were sitting here last year, and the narrative was this line stinks. Right. It's not going to be any good. You know, they're 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 not a good offensive line. They were better than that. I mean, they blocked for the leading rush in the NFL. They weren't great pass blocking. I think they ranked 24th in the league in pass blocking. So they're going to have to improve that a little. But they were better than people thought. And you hope that, for their sake, they can carry over kind of that play uh, with the five or whoever's going to be in those spots and have a good year because I'll tell you what, they have to, they have to protect the quarterback who's there now. I mean, yeah. they, they have to keep him upright. Um, and I think they know that talking to Andre James uh, earlier as we got him for availabilities, Dylan Parham and people like that, I think they're of the understanding that, yeah, no matter who's the quarterback, you want to block well. But there's no question they realize who it is and, and what the issues have been. So I suspect that you'll see their best efforts. Did you take anything away from what offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi had to say today that was kind of like, oh, eye-opening or, or surprising even? 
No. <laughs> simple. <laughs> is, that, is that a simple way to say it? Yes. No, I mean, you know, he, you know, he answers the questions, but you know, was, I don't think anything earth-shattering that you and I and everyone in the room weren't aware of or didn't know about. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you took anything away from it, um, but uh, no, not much. Um, you know, I think I think when we get the coordinators, uh, they're going to kind of be who they are. They're not going to give very much out, and maybe they think that's a smart thing, you know, to keep every everything in house. Right. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, the answer is never surprise. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think, you know, he, he talked about them learning and them, you know, 1% better every day and, and all of that stuff that you hear from the players as well. So I didn't take a ton from it, but I wasn't surprised either. I think he, you know, um, he and Patrick Graham kind of keep it close to the vest for a reason. Yeah, I think they do. I'll tell you one thing I have observed from practice, though, is uh, Mick Lombardi is very active in practice. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. like, running from station to station. He's doing a lot of the, the drills. He's throwing the ball a lot. I mean, he's he seems like he's very hands-on with this offense. I know he's not calling the plays on game day, but it seems like he's probably way more involved than most people would expect. Yeah, and I think that's good to have, like, a, a, a counter to Josh McDaniels. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you want to hear different voices, even though you know who's in charge, you know who's calling the plays. Um, you want to have different guys so you can go to and talk to and watch the film with. And I think probably Lombardi is one of those guys for all the all the players on the offensive side. So it's not surprising to me he's going from station to station and talking to most of the offensive players. Um, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, again, everyone knows who's in charge. Everyone knows who's calling the plays. But there are 17 games is a long season. And, you know, one voice the entire season sometimes, you know, gets a little tiresome or a little old. So if you have another guy that, you know, you can trust and you can go to, I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, I mean, uh, he's not going to call plays. He's not going to have the ultimate say in what happens with that offense. But I don't think it's a bad thing if you have players who trust in him and can maybe get, you know, use him as a sounding board when maybe things aren't going well or when they are going well. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Ed, as we get out of here, I want to ask you real quick about Nate Hobbs. He returned to practice in a somewhat capacity today. He had the red non-contact jersey on. Uh, it's the first time he's been in practice since he took the softball off the eye. How important is it that Nate gets back to full health, do you think, for this training camp and just to establish who he is going to or who he's going to be this year? Yeah, I think it's important because I think there's a lot of competition, right, mm-hmm. um, opposite Marcus Peters and, you know, there's a Vinny Bunsenor wrote today. Is there a chance he'd slide back into the slot if he doesn't get the other? If he doesn't get the perimeter spot, maybe he was so good at that two years ago. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I saw him try to return a punt and he almost dropped the ball. So yeah. um, the, these fly balls, he's having trouble with whether it's a football <laughs> or whether it's a softball. Uh, right. But it's important. It's yeah. important after. It's really important after last year that he gets back. He plays well. He he gets by what happened last year with him. Um, and, and, he, and he shows up. So I think today is a good start. He's got the red jersey on. My guess is that red jersey won't last very long, though. I think he's probably near over the uh, softball catch, non-catch. He, he should be. He, he should be yeah. as far as I'm concerned. He should get back sooner rather than later. Well, great stuff as always. Ed, what are you working on? What are you writing that we should be on the lookout for? Uh, Raiders tomorrow, offensive line, how to protect Jimmy G, and uh, UNLV opens camp later this week. So hopefully going to go out there. Nice, nice. Ed's got it all covered. Well, Ed, thanks so much, my man. I appreciate you as always. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. There he goes. Ed Granny from the RJ and, of course, our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, does a fantastic job with both. You can check him out on Twitter, at Ed Granny. I guess it's X now. I don't think I'll ever stop calling it Twitter. So, at Ed Granny on X. You can check him out if you want to find all his work. He does a great job, like I said, uh, writing and uh, his job he does on the press box on ESPN Las Vegas. 2.47 is the time. We'll get back to your texts and calls as we close out hour number one of the show, Straight Nation Radio 920. <laughs> 
You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. 2.51 is the time. Many thanks to Ed Graney from the RJ who joined us. The last segment to talk about five days of training camp. Day six will be tomorrow. Pads will go on. We'll start to learn something about this team with the pads on. We'll learn a lot about the team when the Raiders have joint practices with both the 49ers and the Rams. Coming up at the top of the hour, Mark McMillan, former NFL defensive back. Grilla McMillan will join us to talk all things Raiders defense. I'll ask him about Nate Hobbs. How big is it that uh, Nate's finally starting to get back to practice? And I know for a fact Marcus thought that Nate should have been out there already, right? He said, look, it's just a, it's just a, a, a softball to the eye, man. You should be out there getting some reps, you know, getting some reps. And that's, that's how Mark did it. Mark was that guy. He's told me many times, Q, I was that guy that waited for someone to, uh, you know, leave a little bit of crack in the door, and i go get that job. So we'll talk about what he's been seeing out of practice uh, from a defensive side of things. Always love to pick the brain of one Mark McMillan, so he'll join us at the top of the hour. But we threw the question out there uh, to you at 702-365-9200 and also the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R, really focusing in on the offense today when it comes to the show topic. What do you think the Raiders' offense looks like under Jimmy G? Like, how do you think that they go out there and execute? I think you're going to see a ton of the short inter- intermediate game. They'll take a shot here and there because you've got to keep defenses honest, but it's just not something that they're going to be thriving in that lane, and that's okay. As long as, you know, the offense is on time, as long as it's on schedule and they're able to extend drives, and I think that's what a guy like Hunter Renfro is going to do a lot of. I think Jacoby Myers is going to do a lot of that. You know Devontae Adams is going to do a lot of that. Uh, I, I think that that's fine. Also, there's going to be a heavy dose of the run game, Josh Jacobs and Zamir White. I don't think it's either or. I think it's and. I think it's Jacobs and Zamir White are going to be doing a lot of the heavy lifting. But I also, I ask you, a 69187 keyword R&R. Uh, this one's from Mailman Raider Q. I think you hit the, hail, the nail on the head with your take on Jimmy. But I'll go one step further and say it's on McDaniels as much as it's on Jimmy. McDaniels is supposed to be this offensive mastermind. We need to see that. He has the quarterback he wanted. Now he has to scheme it up. That's from Mailman Raider. And, yeah, I mean, he's got all his guys. I've said it multiple times. He's got all his guys that he feels comfortable with. Uh, I'm assuming that he's going to be able to open up the playbook a little bit more than he had it last year and have an understanding that Jimmy gets it and knows what to do. So, yeah, as, as long as the playbook is open, they should be able to go out there and execute at a high level. I like that. Uh, also, how about this text from the 707? I just feel like the offense will definitely be a dink and dunk system with very few long balls. I guess if the chains are being moved, the red zone has more touchdowns, therefore more points, it won't matter. I will just miss those deep shots. My concern is that it is not a, a, a Jimmy G forte. Any long balls will most likely be picked, and that sounds really odd to not root for the deep shots because the fear of the quarterback not able to accurately uh, carry those out. That's from the 707. And yeah, I just that's why I think that it'll happen very few times. Like Ed Graney said when, we, when he joined us in the last segment, one or twice, once or twice a game, possibly at best. I just don't see it happen consistently because it's just not, like you said, a forte of Jimmy G. And I don't think you want to force it just for the sake of doing it because, like you said, then all of a sudden if it starts getting picked off, well, that's no good. You want to move the chains. You want to, you know, the one good thing, I guess, if you look at it from this point of view, if you're looking for the glass half full, if it is a lot of dink and dunk, you get a lot of long drives, which is what? Something that you take a lot of time off the clock. And then that keeps the defense off the field as well. And even if they are a better defense, if they come in and they're strong and they're rested, then they have an opportunity to, you know, to, to thrive there as well. So, I mean, it could be, it could be good that the, the, the drives are longer than just, boom, hit a shot, and then all of a sudden they're, you know, they're in the end zone off the field. So 
Uh, there's a lot that you could take away from it and a lot to think about. But, again, we asked you the question at 69187, keyword r What do you think the Raiders' offense looks like with Jimmy G? How do you feel he executes it? Mark McMillan joins the show next. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.